Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, Kingdom Corner Podcast followers. The great Matt Geib with you once again on a cool, crisp December evening. And today I want to finish up for the year. We're going to just finish up with one episode here. I believe this will be the last one for this year, and I think it's very timely. And I want to speak to you today about five elements of biblical meditation. Five elements of biblical meditation. They are reverberation, repetition, stillness, waiting, pondering, and imagination. Again, reverberation, repetition, stillness or waiting, pondering, and imagination. What you just heard me do there is the very first topic here under biblical imagination, or I'm sorry, meditation. We'll get to imagination later, and that is reverberation. You heard me play a couple chords on my guitar that reverberated in the hollow part of the guitar, which makes for music. Reverberation is created when a sound or signal is reflected, and that's reflected like we did in the guitar, you know, inside that hole in the guitar and that hollow space. It's reflected and it causes numerous reflections to build up then decay as the sound is absorbed by the surfaces of objects in the space, which could include furniture, people, and air. It's also an echoing sound. I remember years and years ago as a boy, down on my aunt's farm, we could go off to this one point that overlooked this hollow down in, and we, would, we could yell and we could hear our voices reverberate or echo. And I titled this reverberation, this first point, and you'll see why. Psalm 1, 1 to 3 said, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Now, this verse uses the word meditates, or like we're talking about meditation, and we're going to look at the Hebrew word, and we're going to tie it into reverberation here. Hagah is the Hebrew word, Hagah. It literally means in the Hebrew language to roar, growl, groan, like a low, over and over sound, a lion or another predator would make growling over its prey as it kills the prey or as it feeds on the prey, or like the echoing sound of a turtle dove. I used to hear them down on my aunt and uncle's farm, you know, and it made it that eerie sound. And I used to think that dove was singing or, yeah, singing, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. You know, that's what it sounded like to me as a little boy. Also, this word Hagah means to speak utter, meditate, hence the word meditation, mutter, imagine, mourn, muse, devise, 
to murmur in pleasure, or it can be anger. So it can be both positive or negative. Here's some scriptures the way this is translated, so you get a feel for this. Joshua 1.8, keep the book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night. That's what Joshua was commanded to do, and the people were commanded to do before they went into the promised land. Always on your lips, meditate on it day and night. And see, this is like a growling sound that's over and over. And here we have the connotation of meditate in this scripture, always on the lips, always saying over and over. It's a verbal thing that they're doing, not just thinking about it, though that's part of it, but it's muttering or growling or saying something over and over again. That is the laws of the Lord. Job 27.4, my lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter Hagah, deceit. Psalm 2.1, why do the heathen, heathen rage, and why do the people Hagah, or imagine, there's the word imagination, imagine a vain thing. That's part of this Hagah, to imagine. Psalm 35.28, and my tongue shall speak, see, that's part of it, Hagah, of thy righteousness, and of thy praise all the day long. So he's speaking, here again, repetition over and over. Psalm 63, 6, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate, Hagah, on thee in the night watches. So he's, psalmist is meditating on God on his bed at night. Psalm 77, 12, I will meditate, Hagah, also of all thy work and talk. Again, he's talking over and over of thy doings. Psalm 143, 5, I remember the days of old. I hagah on thy works. He's thinking of the things that God did in the past. I muse on the work of thy hands. Proverbs 15.28, the heart of the righteous hagah to answer, studieth. That was another concept of the word hagah is to study. Isaiah 8.19, and when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, or Hagah, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? So they're talking about evil prophets or false prophets or wizards, actually, you know, witchcraft, that they're muttering over and over again. That concept can be evil as well. Isaiah 16, 7, Therefore shall Moab howl for Moab, everyone shall howl, for the foundations of Kishareth shall mourn, shall Hagah. So there's the element of mourning, which the Hebrew talks about when it talks about Hagah. Here's one that really fits our word picture. Isaiah 31, 4. For thus hath the Lord God spoken unto me, like as the lion and the young lion Hagahing, or roaring on his prey. When a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor abase himself for the noise of them, the hagahing of them. So shall the Lord of hosts come down to fight for Mount Zion and the hill thereof. Let's look at another one that really relates to the sounding part of what this, this word has to do with sound. Isaiah thirty-eight fourteen, like a crane. Or a swallow, so did I chatter. I did chatter like the bird, like the crane. I hagod, I did mourn, hagah, as a dove. Remember we talked about the turtle dove? Mine eyes would fail upward to the Lord. I'm oppressed 
for him to undertake for me. Okay, let's go on and see if there's anything else here. So that's Hagah. Let's look at some notes I have here. Hagah, a vibrant part of yourself. You see, you take this word into yourself, Hagah, when you're thinking and meditating. I will meditate on the law of the Lord and be like a tree planted by the river of water. I'm hagawing on it. I mutter and I growl kind of lowly on these words over and over again, a reverberating sound. The key phrase is the sound that you're going over and over again in your mind and your heart, a vibrant part of yourself that resonates within you or your body. And it gets to the point where it's without forethought or effort as you have meditated on it. It has become part of who you are more and more as it resonates and bounces around. Remember how I played the guitar chord? It bounces around in your heart and soul, and it captivates you more and more. Okay? That's Hagah. We're talking about godly biblical meditation. We're talking about your spirit and your heart being connected to God's spirit and Him impacting you so much so when you meditate on the law of the Lord or different scriptures that it begins to resonate and you begin to sound it out. It talks about another word picture in Hebrew. I know for this word, Hagah, is like a cow chewing cud, and the cow would bring that cud up over and over and over again. We bring that sound up over and over again till it becomes part of us, okay? That's why it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual connection with the Holy Spirit and with you and God. It's more than just prayer. Prayer's it's a form of prayer, but prayer is more of making petition to God. This is more of us receiving from God in what we're doing and how we are posturing ourselves before God. Let's look at another word. Let's go on and look at another word. So this next word we said reverbitation. Now this next word emphasizes more repetition. And we co- of course we know repetition is repeating something over and over. Repetition one teacher taught me in school, is the mother of all learning. Repetition is the mother of all learning. So let's look at another Hebrew word. This is a rich word. Sakah or siach. Siach or sakah. You could pronounce it either way. The key with this word is repetition. To rehearse, repeat, or commune on a matter to oneself over and over again, both in your mind and out loud. You know, they used to say a joke that, you know, geniuses talk to themselves. Declare. There's some truth in as you say things to yourself, it becomes more clear to you. I really believe God's created us that way. So we say things over and over to ourselves. Declare, talk, speak, meditate. Here's that word meditate again. We're talking about biblical meditation. Pray, converse, ponder, to sing. You know, as you sing something, They sang the Psalms, you know, consider, put forth thoughts that that are like to germinate or flourish and put forth shoots and buds like a plant. That's what we're doing. We're putting a, a seed out there that germinates and shoots up to dare to lift oneself up. Wow. To dare to lift oneself up. Sikah or siak. Again, this can be a positive or, or negative sense in the word, depending on how it's used. Let's look at some references, how they're used in the Bible. 1 Chronicles 16.9, sing unto him, sing praises. See, here's the singing. Talk, or siach, 
ye of all his wondrous works. Siach, say over and over, repeat over and over all his wondrous works, both out loud and in your mind. Job 7.11, therefore I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will say siach or sikah, that is complain in the bitterness of my soul. See, something's happened to him where he's bitter, you know, and I think of the children in the wilderness. Perhaps this is what they did. They murmured over and over again with complaints. As spirit-filled Christians that are really connected to God, with the thoughts that he wants us to have, we need to murmur and repeat and ponder and say and declare and rehearse out loud and to ourselves positive scriptural principles over and over. Psalm 69, 12, they that sit in the gate speak or seoct against me. See, they were speaking words and muttering them over and over against him. Psalm 77, 3, I remember God and was troubled. I seoct, I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. You know, he, he was repeating. You know how sometimes we get into a negative jag or a negative mode over a situation or circumstance, and sometimes as human beings, we play that over in our mind over and over again, or we repeat it over and over again. That's not good. We need to repeat the good things of God over and over again. Psalm 77, 6, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune, I seach with mine own heart and my spirit made a diligent search. A searching is also part of a seach, as part of this meditation he's talking about. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy things. I will seach, Psalm 77, 12. Psalm 119, 15, I will seach. In thy precepts, I have respect unto thy ways. Psalm 119.48, my hands will lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will see ach, or meditate, or repeat, and commune, and say over and over again your statutes. Isaiah 53.8, he was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall siach or declare? Again, that's that connotation of siach. One thing is to declare. Who will declare for this generation? Okay, siach, siach, Hagah and siach, different facets of meditation, of biblical meditation. Let's look at another point about biblical meditation that's required stillness and waiting. Stillness and waiting. In the Hebrew, the word for stillness is daman, which means utter silence, stilled like a dumb man or a statue. You're so still. Remember those guards you see at the palace, the great palace in England? They're just, nothing can distract them. Somebody could come up and tickle their nose and they wouldn't move. They're just like a statue. That's the way they've been trained. That's the way, that's what this word means. To cease, to cut off or cut down, also means peace, rest, forbear, to be quieted, to tarry and wait. We'll get to the waiting part in a minute. But let's look at this. Psalm 4, 4. Stand in awe, sin not, commune with your heart, your own heart upon your bed, and be still. Be in utter silence. Cease any activity. Be at peace. Be still. And then he says, Selah. Selah also is like a 
pausing or a hesitation in Hebrew. Psalm 46.10, be still, demon, and know that I am God. Boy, you could just meditate on that very concept. Be still and know, there's a word, that I am God. Wow, what a powerful statement. And I think in the chapter before and the chapter afterwards, it's talking about the world being crushed with a violent earthquake, violent storm, and in the midst of that, God is coming and saying, be still, be still. Jesus said that to the disciples, be still, or to the storm that the disciples were in when he was with them, did he not? Be still. Sometimes we need to be still, even though everything around us is craziness. Doesn't that sound like a word for 2020 and 2021 in all the midst of all this unrest of COVID-19 and all the upheaval with riots and all the unemployment and everything going on? We've talked about that before. Now let's look at the other part. Besides stillness, there's a waiting. Because this word stillness, daman, also has a connotation of waiting. Let's look at the Hebrew word for waiting, which is kava, kava, to bind together by twisting, which will make one or cause something to be like a strong tie-in or a strong, you know, it's a strength there and make it robust. It's applied to adding strength. Also an eager anticipation. Wow, isn't that a picture? An eager anticipation. And let's talk about this a bit. Also to expect, to hope for, to look for. Psalm 25, 5, lead me in thy truth and teach me for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I kavah, do I wait all day in quietness. And as I wait there, I'm getting more and more as I'm meditating, I'm becoming more and more entwined with you, twisted up with you. You're twisting me around your finger in a way, O oh Lord. And I'm becoming stronger because of that. I'm tied together with you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Isn't that interesting? Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. Why? Because I kavah. That is, as I wait on you, I'm preserved. I get stronger and stronger. That's one way of looking at that verse. You know, and sometimes we want to rush off. You know, we're in a panic. But if we wait on him, we'll be strengthened in that situation. Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Kavah on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will. Here's that concept of what, of what Kavah will do. I will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. See, as we wait on him, we're strengthened. We're intertwined. We're twisted into his presence. We're twisted around with him, him becoming part of us and us becoming part of him. Psalm 130, verse 5, wait, kavah for the Lord. My soul doth kavah in his word do I hope. See, there's that word hope, which is a part also of what we're doing when we're waiting on him. And then the one you all know, but they that wait, that kavah upon the Lord shall renew. There's that word strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let's go back for just a minute. And I wanted to point something out to you about Damon, 
daman, the stillness and the waiting, and what it is. It's not some where you're kind of asleep and you're just kind of passively there. It's you're doing something. You're becoming meditating on the Lord and becoming strengthened in Him as you imagine that and you take that into your being. And also it has to do, I wrote this down here, with an eager anticipation. I wrote the name down here, Usain Bolt. He was a famous world-class runner that was the fastest man in the world for years. I don't know about now. He may still be. But he always said in interviews that one of his biggest strengths was his ability to wait right before the gun sounded at the starting block. He was so focused and so tensed and so eager, but in stillness, so he wouldn't go out ahead of time, but so he'd shoot out there like lightning when the gun struck. That's the kind of waiting we're talking about, with anticipation, with an eagerness for the Lord. And we're going to wait on the Lord as he's going to return to this earth as well, the same kind of waiting, we're being strengthened. It has to do, again, with a meditation. It's not just a passive, oh, I'm just sitting here waiting for them to show up and pick me up and, you know, get on the bus or go to the airport. I'm waiting eagerly for because something's going to happen, you know, Because and God has strengthened me in this waiting time. Okay, that's the third word. So we've talked about reverberation. We've talked about repetition. We've talked about stillness and waiting. Let's look at the word ponder as we move on here. In the Hebrew, the word is palak or palas, palas, to weigh or balance something out, to make level or smooth, to roll something out and make it smooth, to revolve. Also, a feeling of the truth, thinking deeply of a concept, an intuitive sense of a thing, a resonation of something within you. Okay, Proverbs 4.26, ponder or palas the path of thy feet and let thy ways be established. In other words, don't walk out there crazily and carelessly. You know, uh, ponder, weigh out how you're going to walk. You know, it reminds me of our last episode about walking in understanding, walking wisely. This whole chapter, Proverbs 4.26 where this uh, ponder the path of thy feet or palas the path of thy feet is taken from Proverbs 4, which is all, again, about wisdom. Remember, we talked about the sons of Issachar. They had wisdom to know how Israel should conduct themselves. They had that wisdom. We must have the wisdom of how we're going to walk in this age. Proverbs 5, 6, ponder the path lest thou shouldst ponder or palas or weigh out or balance out or revolve around, or deeply think about what to do. She didn't do that. I was talking about a wicked woman there. She did the opposite of that. Let's see, Proverb, or Psalm 58.2, Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. You weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. These are wicked men that aren't, aren't just doing things sporadically in wickedness. They're actually weighing it out, how they're going to do and inflict the most hurt and evil. Isn't that, that's a terrible thing. Psalm 78, 50. He made a way to his angers. He made a way. He made a path. That's what this word is all about. Making a path, weighing something out to his anger. And he sent them a pestilence. It's talking about the, the Lord punishing Israel for their sin. 
Proverbs 5.21, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. In other words, he's watching us. He's watching all men. He ponders. He weighs out. He balances out. He's thinking deeply of and sensing and resonating with what you're doing or not doing. You know, it's like the one scripture said, I believe it's, I read that the other week in Psalm 139. His thoughts are constantly toward you, see? He's constantly pondering about you. Isaiah 26, 7, the way of the just is uprightness. Thou most upright dost weigh, that is, dost palas, the path of the just. And then also Psalm 77, 6, my soul made a diligent search. That also has to do with palas, a diligent search, okay? And he's talking about searching for God and communing with him and waiting on him. Let's look at the Greek word. Let's look at the Greek word. We're going quite a while here. We're going to run a little bit over because I want to get this in. Let's look at the Greek word, and then we're going to get into our last one. The Greek word for this word, ponder, boy, is dia legosiamai, dia legosiamai, or dia legosiamai, to bring together different reasons, to reckon up the reasons, to reason, to revolve something in one's mind, to deliberately consider a thing, to muse on, reason on, think on, dispute in the mind, cast around in the mind. Luke 1, I want to read this scripture. I think this is such a timely scripture. I'm going to make a point or two here. And we're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And it's Christmas season. And I just think this is so timely for this time of year. In the sixth month, I'm, I'm reading in Luke 1, and I'm reading verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled, or diogazomai. In other words, she was pondering and reckoning around in her mind about these things. She was troubled at his words, at this greeting. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Can you imagine Mary uh, many say she was just a young teenager. Be given a powerful word like that from God, from an angel. It says here, the King James, a number of translations say greatly troubled, but it's our word here. Dia Lagosiemi. She was casting, another translation says she was casting it about in her mind. She was revolving it around in her mind. She was considering it. And maybe it troubled her a little bit. And that's all right. God doesn't get excited if when he brings something to us and we're a little troubled about it. But she was a woman of God and she was a woman of faith. So she just let it work and let it, she meditated on it. She cast it about in her mind, you know. Uh, let's go on to another word and another scripture here. Well, let's finish this chapter with verse 34. All these things the angel told her, 
The Holy Spirit would come upon her, overshadow her, and she would bring forth this child, become pregnant. And in, in the last verse, it said, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said, or be it unto me as your word has said. In other words, that's how that was the kind of the conclusion she came as she dia lagosiemi, this word, as she reckoned with it, as she cast it about in her mind, she finally said, be it unto me, because she had pondered it. She had given it great thought. She didn't just hear it and then run off in excitement or cast it off in doubt. She really pondered it, okay? So let's go on in Mary's story, okay? Let's go on. I'm going to look at the next chapter, chapter 2, after Jesus was born and the shepherds had come and they were glorifying God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests, the angels sang. This is 2.14. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up. There's the next phrase we're going to look at. Treasured up all these things and pondered them. There it is in her heart. She treasured up and pondered them. Verse 19 of chapter 2, she treasured up and pondered them. The Hebrew word there is symbolo, to throw together, to consult together in one's mind, and to ponder and encounter. She had an encounter with God to meet up with and help. She met up with the Spirit of God. She was infused in her thinking and in her spirit with what this powerful word meant. She treasured it, and she pondered it. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke 2.19. Another's parallel, Luke 14.31, that gives a connotation of what this symbolo means, or symbolo. What king going to make war against another king doesn't first sit down and see if he has enough forces to marshal together to go to war? Should he bring 10,000 or should he bring 20,000? To go to war, to make war is the word symbolo. Cast about in the mind, you know, really dwell upon it, really think about it, not just go off in a frenzy and in a hurry, right? Let's look at another, the final one. We've talked about reverberation, having a word that God infuses in your spirit and heart, reverberate it round inside of you. We've talked about reverberation. We've talked about repetition. Declaring a word of God over and over, a, a maybe a word that he's highlighted to you, till it becomes part of you and your spirit. We've talked about reverberation. We've talked about repetition. And we've talked about, what were the other words? We talked about, let's go back here, reverberation, repetition, stillness or waiting, what that means to be as still as can be, and yet at the same end of it to be eagerly anticipating, Right? And waiting, that is to be entwined or intertwined with God, so much so that he's strengthening us. And then we've talked about pondering, you know, pondering, casting about some idea or some biblical concept that God infuses by his spirit inside of us. And we, we cast it about in our mind and over and over again. These are good things 
to think about. Let's look at the next one. Because when we define the word meditation, both this Hagah and Siak both said imagination. Do you know God wants to use your imagination? He wants to use your imagination. I did a whole sermon, a message a few years back called Divine Imagineers. In Disneyland, they talk about imagineers. Well, I'm talking about when I had this message about divine imagineers. You know, divine imagineers. God wants to divinely inspire your imagination. Imagination, yetzer, that's the Hebrew word, to form ideas and plans in the mind, much like a potter creates pottery, or pottery and vessels of pottery. Also, be an in, like to be inventive like a scientist, to plot or devise a scheme. The New Testament refers more to logical meanings and arguments. Talks about in Romans 12, 1 and 2, about having your mind renewed and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renovation, by the renewing of your mind. And when you look into that phrase, it means by the renewing, by the making new of your imagination. A lot of the ways that the word imagination, I'm just remembering from my message, I remember being used in the scripture was mostly with negative connotation. But God, you know, they were negative. They're, all their imaginings were evil. It said when uh, God came to Noah and he wanted him to build an ark, so he had to start over again because all the imaginations, isn't that sad, of men were evil. But do you know God's going to have a people, I believe, who... Their every imagining, the bride of Christ, their every imagination will be good things, will be godly things, will be creative things that will help this world and help the church, right? And devising schemes and plots to do that. Arguments against the evil and things like that, okay? We could go on about that. There's so much in that message I had on imagining. But to kind of conclude this for today, because we've been here a while. I'm going to read this again. Biblical imagination involves reverberation, repetition, stillness, and waiting, kind of the same thing, but a little different, pondering, and imagination. That's the five elements of biblical meditation. Let's look at a couple things here. We talked about Hagah. We talked about Siak is to repeat or rehearse a word to yourself, until these words take on a life of their own. Like with Mary, that took on a life with her. Its meaning takes root in the heart, and understanding springs forth as a revelation takes root on a deeper level. Do you think she had some revelation? She treasured those things in her heart. At first, she was a little troubled. I mean, it probably really floored her, you know, in the natural. But as she began to siak that word, it became a part of her. And she could see that God had called her for that season to bring forth Jesus into the world. Let's see, whatever notes, other notes do I have? As you begin to siach, and as you begin to hagah, as you begin to do all these things, as you begin to have this word of God reverberate within you, as it reverberates in you, as you repeat these things over and over, as you take the time to wait in stillness, you know, this world just flashes by us so fast, but we need time to get away with him in stillness, do we not? And wait on him for strength 
And as we ponder and as we imagine all these things, as you do this, these will make connections with other scriptures that you've learned and other biblical concepts you learn and create a deeper and broader scriptural and spiritual understanding. Then it will captivate your character more and more and resonate with you. It's not something you're going to have to strive for. or It's just as you're in the presence of the Lord that God infuses these things with you, and it comes through. You need to sit down with the Word of God and, and begin to meditate on His Word. But His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law does He meditate. Think about the five things I shared day and night, and He, because He's doing that, will become like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, and bring forth much fruit. Okay? You know, there's so many things here I could share, but that's just a taste of it. I want you to think on some scriptures. I'm going to go on here for just a few more minutes. I'm going to give you some good scriptures, and you can come up with your own. These are some of the ones that I siak on, that I haga on, that I let reverberate in my heart and soul. Psalm 37, 4-7. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You know, you can read verses 4 to 7. Trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says. Trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. There's a concept. You could just say that over and over all day. Trust in the Lord. Lean not to my understanding. And just let that roll around in your heart. Let that roll around in your mind. Isaiah 26, 3, I love this one. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And the Hebrew is whose mind is leaned into thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is leaned into thee. Isaiah 26, 3. Mm. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are, I am, you can put your name in there. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Philippians 3.10 says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. That's what Paul said. Philippians 3.10, that I might know, intimately know him and the power of his resurrection. You can get into those scriptures. Philippians 4.8, think on these things. You read that. I don't have it in front of me. So you go back and read that. Philippians 4, 8. Think on those things that are of good report, that are noble, that are just, that are pure, that are righteous. You know, and let that roll around in your heart. Open your Bible and find some scriptures that are your favorites, that mean a lot to you, that you can begin to meditate on, that you can begin to Hagah on, that you can begin to Siach on, that you can begin to ponder and weigh what those words really mean for you. Let's close today with one verse. We're going to close today with one verse. 2 Timothy 4.16. And this was Paul talking to his protege, Timothy. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. In other words, totally to them that thy profiting may be appear to all. You know, as you give yourself to this biblical meditation, as you give yourself to this, as you give yourself to, we'll say it again, as you give yourself over to reverberating, repeating, waiting in stillness, 
pondering and imagining the precepts and the laws and the concepts of God, they will profit you until it appears out to all. Meditate in this passage in the New Testament in Timothy. First Timothy here means to premeditate. You know, premeditate. We're thinking about it. We've been concentrating on it. Imagine. Care for. Attend to carefully. Practice. You know, it takes practice to begin to really have these things become a part of you and really meditate on them. Devise and contrive. In the Greek culture, orators and rhetoricians used this practice of meditation. They premeditated. They imagined. They attended carefully to what they were going to say. To take care of the mind, revolve around the mind. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. 2 Timothy 4.16 God bless you, my friends. May you have a wonderful, wonderful end of this year and just a hope-filled and imagine-filled of the possibilities that God will create for you for 2021. That is my prayer for you. Thank you for all your support this year for the Kingdom Corner podcast. Take care. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guide. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.